0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: Here in our passage today, Messiah commanded His disciples to watch and pray. Very important for us to pay attention to the significance of watching and praying. We are entering in this gospel account a very critical time in the ministry of Yeshua. He is coming to the point where he is about to lay down his life. One of the primary things that he was sent into this world to do. And obviously, the enemy is against the will of God. This is one of the most critical times for Messiah. And therefore, he turns to his disciples And he commands them to watch and pray in order that they do not fall into temptation. Now, there's a very important principle that we need to realize because he has already, in Matthew 24, told the disciples in regard to his return, in regard to the last days, to be watching. Now, we're going to learn that the disciples, we've already had it prophesied to us by Yeshua. He says, and we studied this last week, that the shepherd is going to be struck and the sheep, those flocks, are going to scatter. And that scattering depicts a faithlessness, a lack of commitment. So when Messiah came the first time, we find that the disciples we're going to learn they did not fare well. Why? We're going to see in this passage, they did not watch, they were not praying, but rather they were overcome with sleep. In other words, their flesh got the better of them. If we're going to be found faithful, if we're going to be an individual that God is well-pleased with, If we're going to have a powerful testimony, then we need to be individuals that are watching and knowing what to watch for and also praying. So let me ask you again, are you watching and praying as you should so that in the last days, we're not like the disciples during Messiah's first coming, but watching and praying that we will be found faithful? Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Matthew and chapter 26. The book of Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to begin in verse 36, where we read these words. Then Yeshua comes with them into a place. Now, biblically, when we find this word place, rather than the name, the name is coming in a moment but it says, into a place. And that term, into a place, gives this location significance. This is a critical time. It is foundational that we understand what is taking place here, why? Because there's a message for us. We need to follow Messiah's example what he's showing us in this passage so once again verse 36 then yeshua that is jesus christ he comes with them into a place being called Gat Shemene. now we would say in english gethsemane but i want to emphasize what is written here why well even though this is greek this word gethsemane comes from two Hebrew words just translated into to the Greek language but pronounced very similar to the Hebrew origin and the term got refers to a press like an oil press and the second part of this word got Shemune comes from the Hebrew word "shemen," which is oil so what is this name it means an olive press where an olive is taken and pressed greatly under tremendous pressure so that the oil comes out. And why did Yeshua choose this place at this time? Well, we know something. He frequently prayed at this location. And it's to emphasize the importance of prayer, especially, don't miss this, especially at this time, because he knows something. He knows, and we'll see this as we conclude our study, he knows what's going to happen. That the one who betrays him is coming, coming very quickly. And therefore, this time of him being arrested, being handed over, delivered unto death, even death upon a cross. And also, and many times we we put this aside, We don't emphasize that before he was crucified, he was also flogged. And that is a very barbaric, painful, torturous punishment that at times could also bring death upon an individual. Yeshua was flogged first and then he was crucified. He knew. He's the Son of God. He knew what was about to take place. And therefore, he brought his disciples with him into this place, being called Gat Shemane. And he says to the disciples, sit here until which I go further to pray there. So once again, the emphasis is prayer. And we read on, look now to verse 37. And having taken Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be grieved and to be troubled. Now, I want to emphasize a very important theological fact. We know that Messiah is the Son of God, he is divine but he came into this world. And we speak about his incarnation. That is, that God became flesh. And that fact tells us not only is he fully God, but he's also fully man. The theologians speak about this, this hypostatic union between his humanity and his divinity. And when we study the scripture, oftentimes when it deals with Messiah, we should ask the question, what is the gospel writer emphasizing? Messiah's humanity or his divinity? And here, what is being emphasized to the reader is his humanity. Learn another important biblical truth. When his humanity is being emphasized in a passage, it's usually that this passage is an example for us he's showing us at these critical times in our life when we are full of of stress feeling pressure because we're still in this body the way to handle that the way to overcome that and walk faithfully submit obey to the things of god is through prayer so he takes these three disciples peter and the sons of zebedee and he begins to be in grief and trouble and he says now look at verse 38 then he says to them my soul my soul is greatly grieved unto death now there is a slight change here because he said earlier that he is grieved and troubled But now he says, my soul, and I translated it, greatly grieved. It's the same word that appeared in the previous verse for being sad, being full of grief. But there's a change. There's a prefix attached to it. The the Greek preposition peri. And peri means either concerning or around. And most scholars see this as a preposition that is saying that he is fully encompassed. There is grief all around him, even unto the point of death. This term death shows how critical this time is. Is he going to submit or is he not? Now, obviously, he's the son of God. He always obeyed God his father. But don't make the false assumption that it's easy. He also lived in a human body, being fully man. And it was not just a a play, a staging that this was hard. This was difficult, extremely difficult. And his example to you and to me is that when we enter into these spiritual difficulties, we need to pray. So he says here, my soul is greatly grieved unto death. Remain here also and watch with me. Now, I want to emphasize what he just says. He says, watch with me. This term watching means to take heed. It has to do with being perceptive and understanding the prophetic realities of of the time being able to discern things prophetically understanding what god is up to what god is going to bring about and responding to that faithfully responding to that obediently and i made mention to you we find in the previous chapter chapter actually chapter 24 where Messiah says concerning the last days, he uses that same phrase, watch. We need to be, if we're going to be found faithful, we need to be watching, having prophetic discernment, understanding the times and how God prophetically, it is revealed to us how he's going to respond in the midst of these critical, significant times. That's what he's saying. Now, we're going to learn, In fact, Messiah prophesied this last week in our study, that the shepherd is going to be struck and the flock is going to scatter. And that scattering shows disobedience, faithlessness, that they were not watching, they didn't have prophetic insight, and they were not praying properly, and they failed. When Messiah came the first time, the disciples were not found Faithful. The question is this. In the last days, we've already talked about going back to Matthew 24. We've already saw that there's coming a time of persecution in the last days, the most intense time of persecution. And the question is, are we going to be in that time demonstrating faith, being obedient, giving a powerful testimony, or are we not going to watch? So he says here, end of verse 38 watch with me verse 39 and he proceeded further he went forward a little bit he fell upon his face praying and saying my father if it is possible let pass from me this cup now the cup that he's speaking about is indeed An idiom for what he is about to suffer. Being flogged, being humiliated by the Sanhedrin, mocked, shamed, being turned over to the Romans, and ultimately being flogged, a most intense punishment. And secondly, crucifixion. He knows what he is about to go through. He knows the time of the most intense suffering that one can go through both physically, don't miss this, and also spiritually, is about to happen to him. In a few hours, it's all going to begin. And therefore, he says in this passage, my father, if it is possible, let pass from me this cup. However, not as I will, but as you. That's literally what it says. But not as I will, but as you. Now, Messiah, it's clear when he says, let this cup pass from me. It's to tell us, no one in their right mind likes to suffer. No one wants to experience a death by crucifixion. But it's his father's will and he says if there's any other way that your purposes your salvation your grace can be made forth let it be that other way and the answer is the theological message to us is there's no other way that has significant implications why only through his death on the cross is someone's sins paid for, redeemed, wiped away. There is no other way you need to understand that. What are some of the implications? No other message, no other religion is able to save. That means all the other religions, whether we're talking about about Hinduism, Islam, Buddhism, whatever, all of it is false. And if you are part of that, you are not going to have redemption. Therefore, without redemption, you are going to experience eternal condemnation, where there is weeping and the gnashing of teeth, that great idiom for suffering. So he says here, nevertheless, not as I want, I will, but as you. Verse 40, and coming to the disciples, he found them sleeping, not watching, not praying, not understanding the prophetic significance of this time, but they were sleeping. And he says to Peter, thus, meaning like this, thusly, you were not able, that word able literally is a word strong. You were not strong enough for one hour to watch with me then he says it again watch look at verse 41 watch and pray why in order that you do not enter into temptation we need to see that as such a vital biblical principle it is through watching understanding prophetically the time the situation understanding the relevance Of a given situation from a biblical perspective and not enough just to understand it but to pray about it only through this discernment and this prayer are we going to be able to overcome temptation we know something the scripture says in the book of hebrews that messiah he was fully tempted at all points like every human being this is a time of temptation When it says earlier in the gospel that the devil departed from him for a more opportune time, now is this more opportune time for the enemy. This is critical. And what does Messiah do? He utilizes prayer. In those critical times in our life when we are under attack, there is temptation. We feel anxiety, stress, pressure. What should we do? Understand the prophetic significance, and pray in order that we overcome. Messiah gives us this example. So he tells them that they need to watch and pray, verse 41, in order that they do not enter in temptation. For he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, this gives us a great, great understanding of this passage he makes a, a dichotomy a separation a distinction between the the spirit and the flesh the humanity and his divinity from the point of the divinity he's all in he is absolutely willing but this flesh is the problem and spirituality is this when we bring our flesh our humanity under the authority of the spirit the spirit of god and this is what messiah is demonstrating to us he's the son of god and therefore he prays and the takeaway for us is simple if he prayed how much more so for us to be found faithful us to carry out The will of God us to overcome temptation, how much more so do we need to pray? Verse 42. Again, a second time, he went away. He prayed, saying, My Father, if it's not possible, this, meaning his crucifixion, if it's not possible for this, this cup to pass away from me, he says, If not, eat this cup. What God the Father has sent him to do, he says, I will drink. And this is a great acknowledgement of Messiah's submissiveness. Now, there is a a teacher, We, we disagree greatly theologically, and he talks about how God is most pleased with us when we are most pleased with him. But when we look at the scripture and i would suggest to you that that this is the greatest time in the scriptures where we see the submissiveness of of the son and god is extremely well pleased with him why remember what happened at the the jordan river when messiah says he goes into the water signifying his death burial and resurrection and god the father says this is my son my only begotten Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Now he's submitting, and it's revealing something. Our flesh does not want to do God's will. It's only when we walk in the Spirit can we do this. So so it's not that we have to agree we have to submit. It is when we are struggling, as Messiah is, in his humanity, as we all do, him being fully man but nevertheless we submit this is when god is pleased so he says here let it be end of of verse 42 let it be to your will verse 43 and and coming he found them again sleeping for their eyes were heavy now this has as well great significance heavy eyes also can mean dull eyes meaning a lack of perception and this word for having heavy eyes it's significant that it's in the perfect tense meaning this is not a new condition this is something that that plagued them previously it plagues them now and it will continue into the future at least for a certain amount of time And we know that the disciples, after his death, did not behave faithfully. They they were puzzled by the empty tomb. And we need to realize that we need to have not heavy eyes, but that we need to have proper perception. So their eyes were heavy, were, were dull. Verse 44. And leaving them, he went away again. He prayed a third time the same word he said verse 45 then he comes to his disciples and he says sleep and this next term means basically you're at the end it's over and also you're resting so the time for resting and sleeping is over why middle part of verse 45 behold The hour has come, or is near, drawing near, that the Son of Man, so important, Son of Man. Why? That Son of Man means the servant of humanity, the one who's going to purchase an inheritance for us. He says, the hour is near, and the Son of Man, the one who is going to be betrayed into the hands of of sinners. Now, two things need to be pointed out. Number one, this concept is going to be said in the next verse, our last verse in a moment, about him being betrayed. So vital that we see there's great significance that he was betrayed. And why? Because of the flesh, fleshly desires, a a desire for wealth, As we know that judas for these 30 pieces of silver he betrayed his his master his teacher his lord and the savior but not judas savior because judas was lost messiah he is the one who is going to be betrayed and we see that this betrayal is going to come within the context of passover When he's laying down his life, there is a rejection. That's what most of humanity does. They do not respond properly to the gift of God. So he says, my hour draws near that the son of man is is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Verse 46, last verse. He says, you rise, let us go away. Behold, behold. Such an important word, behold, means pay attention. Behold, the one who betrays me, he draws near. Messiah, he knew the betrayer. He knows everything. And the message for us is this. It is only when we take seriously the word of God, especially the prophetic word of God, that we are going to have insight in order to know what we need to know in order that we can respond faithfully. And it's through that faithful response that we bring honor to God, that we glorify Him, and that we are executors of justice and righteousness. But what happens? We're going to see these disciples, they did not take seriously this concept of watching and praying. And let me close out this session with these words. What about you? Are you watching? Do you have prophetic insight? And are you dedicated to prayer? He says twice, watch and pray. And the disciples failed. Their eyes were heavy, that is, they lacked perception. They were listening to their flesh instead of the Spirit. Let's be faithful servants of the living God.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org